Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a certified brain rewiring coach and human design expert. In this podcast, we talk about becoming the most kick-ass, unstoppable version of yourself, building a life of alignment and flow that you deserve, and taking a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy Yang Wellness. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am excited to bring you this episode. We are going to talk all about human design. And this is such a big part of my business and overall lifestyle, to be honest. I literally talk about it with anybody who is open to learning. And I never want to push it on anybody, obviously. But when I introduce myself these days, I no longer say I am a CPA because I'm not. I mean, I am, but I don't do it anymore. Um, so I say I'm a human design expert and brain rewiring coach. For those of us who have heard about human design and looked up their design, it usually leads to a pretty interesting conversation comparing our experiences and people usually want to know more and for people who have not heard about human design they're like you do what i would say i have been pretty lucky since day one everyone i have talked human design to have been very supportive and genuinely curious I would say like 98% have been successful the few people who did not really resonate with it I just think it wasn't the right time and that is totally wonderful and fine I never want to push it on anybody who is not ready this is the first episode on this podcast dedicated to human design we're going to start with the basics if you already are pretty knowledgeable it might be a good review um, or feel free to skip it we will talk about the five archetypes in human design and they're a lot of fun let's just address what the heck is human design anyways it is essentially a system based on your exact birth date, time, and place that guides us to live in alignment and flow. It incorporates ancient wisdom such as the I Ching, the chakra system, astrology, Kabbalah, as well as quantum physics. If that sounded completely crazy and esoteric to you, just know that Human design is a system that helps you understand how your energy works, how you function in relationships, team environments, how you bring in more opportunities for yourself, how do you process information and make your best decisions. So your human design chart is essentially a blueprint or a roadmap that shows you how can you live in flow with less resistance? If you've ever taken a quiz like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram, 
If you're a fan of those systems, you will totally love human design. It is just based on your birth time and place, and it doesn't change with how you change your answers. We all know when we take Myers Briggs, maybe we take it at work and we're super stressed out and we feel really pressured to perform in a certain way or meet certain expectations. That can totally affect your answers. And therefore, your results. I know for myself that my Myers Briggs result has changed like three times over the last five years. When I first found out about human design, I thought it's not very scientific. How is this supposed to be correct? And I now understand that not everything has to be proven by science. To conduct a whole research takes a lot of work and a lot of time, and science can be really behind or biased. Obviously, I appreciate science very much. I'm just not writing things off because it's not backed by super solid science, if that makes sense. And at this point, I have met so many people who. Have benefited from human design, like not very much else has made them felt, seen, and understood the way human design has, and it really gives you permission to be yourself. And I know you don't need a permission slip by any means. I know for myself that when I suppressed. Aspects of my authenticity, in order to meet other people's expectations, to come off as the successful, you know, responsible adult CPA that I was, I felt really unhappy and just unfulfilled, and I wasn't using my gifts in the right way. I wasn't living my purpose. I was literally following somebody else's guidelines to reach success, and I never signed up for this intentionally. And since it was somebody else's guidelines, of course it didn't work, and it made me feel really shitty that I would put in the work and effort, but I never knew if it was going to bring fruition or not. And even at the times. When I was rewarded for my efforts, I didn't even care for the rewards. I was like, "Oh, am I supposed to be proud of this?" So there's that too. Everything just felt like it involved resistance and out of my control. I will wake up every day expecting the day to be full of pushing and hardships and disappointment. That is the opposite of living in flow. Learning about my strategy, which is how you bring in more opportunities for yourself in human design, woke me the fuck up. Not saying I was able to implement it in every aspect of my life on day one, but I realized, oh, this is how I would do things if it was up to me. And for the bulk of 2020, I have been playing around with living my human design, following my strategy. If you know my story in 
I have manifested so much, and life just feels smooth. Of course, there are challenges, but it doesn't feel like I'm always running into walls. Also, I enjoy those challenges. They are here to uplevel me and get me where I want to go. Like I actually want to overcome those challenges. It's not like back in tax accounting days when the tax provision or tax return would just be a giant mess, and I literally could care less, but I still was pulling my brains out to figure it out. If you feel like your career is hard like that, or you don't feel inspired or motivated, you are. Deserving of so much more, I swear. I know we've been talking about careers so far, but this whole resistance versus flow idea applies to all aspects of your life: relationships, friendships, health, and whatever else. If what I've said so far is triggering or it feels out of reach, just know that whatever you seek. Or authentically desire is waiting for you on the other side. We are so lucky that we live in a day and age where we get to co-create with the universe. We are not in survival mode. If you're listening to this podcast, you are not hunting or looking for your next meal. You are provided for in terms of survival. And now you just have to focus on creating a life that you love living, which is a life of alignment. Living alignment is not all or nothing. It is better to be sixty-five percent in alignment than fifty percent. If you know what I mean, we just want to do our best. The more we're in alignment, the more happy, in flow, and successful we will be. So all that is to say, I will encourage you to dig into your human design. Like you have nothing to lose, literally. Cherry pick what you like and leave the rest. There are more than two billion configurations in human design. That means each and every one of us is actually unique. But at a high level, we break people down into five archetypes. These are generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. The different types really give you a lot of insight on how you exchange energy with the rest of the world, which is tremendously helpful. Have you ever felt really drawn to somebody's energy? Maybe their energy is. Naturally warm and juicy, and you want to be around that energy, and you feel energized just being around them. Whereas there are certain people that you know, they walk into the room and everybody notices them, and they are just energetically impactful. You cannot really explain it. Or you meet someone and. You almost feel like they help you see yourself better, but again, they are not really doing that on purpose. You are just having a conversation, but their presence makes you feel really seen and heard. 
All of these qualities I just listed have a lot to do with energy types. I just want to emphasize this because no type is better than the other. We all need one another in order to function as a collective. So let's start off with generators. I love me a generator. Generators are about 35-ish percent of the population. They are really meant to make things happen, build society. They're really great builders, whether that is building a company, building a house, creating a piece of art. They are creators and doers of society. And if you're not a generator, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, I am a doer. Just bear with me. And I urge you not to be too hung up on the language or take it literally. I promise it will all come together sensibly at the end of this episode. In the beginning of this podcast, we talked about how human design incorporates the chakra system. And you don't have to be a chakra expert to understand this, but I do want you to note that there is the sacral energy center, which is pretty significant for generators. The sacral center or chakra, it is very much about creation and desire. It is also a motor center, which means it provides energy in order to get things done, make things happen do things. And if you're a generator, your sacral center is powerful. Everyone has a sacral center within them, obviously. But for the generator, it is what gives them that creation building energy. It is like a huge part of their energy makeup. If you decide to pull your human design chart, the sacral center is the second square from the bottom up. And if you're a generator, your sacral center would be colored in. Colored in centers means that is a source of energy that you consistently have access to and is kind of what gives you flavor as a human. That sacral energy is warm and juicy. It is so consistent, almost like the sun. Every day you wake up, the sun is going to be there. Unless you have some sort of health issue, you're going to wake up with a tank full of energy and you are meant to use that energy up in super satisfying ways. The more you use your energy in ways that feel really good to you, the more energized you are going to feel is like what maybe you're working, but you love doing what you do. So it doesn't feel like work and is really cool because everyone else around you can pick up that good energy too. That makes you very charismatic and magnetic. So how do you know if you're doing the right thing? The strategy, again, that is how you bring more opportunities for yourself, for the generator is to respond. 
and that can be interpreted as waiting to be lit up. And you'll know when you're lit up or not. You feel it in your body is a visceral feeling. Commonly what people refer to listening to their guts. It can feel like a warm feeling in your stomach. You find yourself sitting up straighter, standing up taller, generally feeling physically expanded. Or you might notice you smile when it comes to talking about a certain thing or person. Also, it makes sense that you have different levels of that sacral response. It's gonna look differently when you are finding your perfect wedding dress versus when you are deciding what to eat for lunch. So that makes sense that the levels can feel a little bit different. As a generator, the universe is like your buffet. It is always presenting you with options like, hey, do you like this thing? Do you like that thing? How about this one? And it's your job to say yes to the ones you have a positive response to. So when you're presented with something, you then have all the energy in the world to pursue it. Let's say you are just graduating college and you are looking for a job. You're not meant to be like, okay, I should look for a job. I think being a lawyer would make me plenty of money and gives me prestige. So I'm going to go to law school because it makes sense. Now, this is not the way to do it. I mean, obviously it can work out, but it just won't be the path of least resistance. And the quote unquote right way to do it is we want to let ourselves be presented with options, right? So you can go on LinkedIn and look up job descriptions and postings. And whichever one that hits you in that good way, you can sense that energized feeling, giving you all the energy in the world to reach out to the company and apply. Maybe hit up someone you know that already works for that company. That process will be flowy and it won't feel like, oh my god, I'm looking for this job, I have to go to those interviews, blah blah blah. So stressful. The same idea applies with dating. You don't want to date someone because they have a certain amount of income and they seem good on paper. No, you need to date someone who gives you the butterflies or, you know, lights you up in a good way. And I want to bring this up because some clients do bring this question up. They might really get into a relationship with someone who gave them that good feeling. They listened to their guts and they went for it. However, this person that they dated turned out to be toxic or it didn't end up well. This is not your gut betraying you by any means. It is like your sacral center leads you to one aligned decision after another. So maybe you were never meant to marry this person, but having dated this person taught you certain lessons to get you more ready for your next relationship. So just to sum it up, the strategy 
of a generator is to respond. Follow your full body yeses. And I know it's kind of scary to put that in practice. It's like, well, what if I don't take this current thing presented to me and nothing better comes along? That itself is a limiting belief. You are operating from a scarcity mindset. If you operate from an abundant mindset, then you will trust that the universe never says no to you is either not right now or there's something better coming along. As a generator, you will know that you are on track, in quotes, and in alignment when you feel satisfied. Like when you end the day, you feel you used your energy up in a fulfilling way. And on the other hand, if you find yourself feeling frustrated and annoyed very often, this is your quote-unquote not-self theme. And like the universe never punishes you. That not-self feeling is just a wake-up call saying, hey, there's something you're doing that is not in alignment and it's time to reevaluate if this is still for your highest good. I love having a session or hanging out with a generator that is in alignment. They're just so amazing to be around with. And when a generator is really fired up and really enthusiastic about what they're doing. Again, I talked about that being very charismatic and magnetic. Think about Oprah. Like, the world can't take their eyes off her. It's like she's just this powerhouse that people love. And if you're a generator, this can be you. Let's move on to manifesting generators. I'm gonna call them MGs. So... They're similar to generators, but their life tends to be rather non-linear. And this is how I mean. Think of someone you know who has a full-time job, has a side hustle, teaches yoga, has two kids. So someone who does multiple things at once. And maybe for you, if you're not MG, it feels overwhelming. But for this person, they can handle it very well. In fact, if they were meant to just have one job and just do one thing at a time, they can feel really restless and bored. MGs are generally multi-passionate. They might find themselves really into photography for three months, then they don't really feel the excitement for photography anymore, so they move on to ballet. Maybe their business was going well in one direction, but they just really feel like they need to pivot. So the key here is letting yourself pivot, letting yourself put something down when the energy is no longer there and move on to the next thing. MGs pick things up pretty quickly and they move fast, but they get over things almost just as fast. And this is energetically correct for them. One of the common shadows with being an MG is feeling like you just can't commit to a thing. 
Like, why can't I just stick to the job I have had for three years? MGs are also around 35-ish percent of the population, so there are quite a few of them. And it's important if you know an MG that you encourage them to pivot and follow where their energy wants to go. Okay, let's move on to projectors. Projectors are around 20-ish percent of the population, and they don't have a defined sacral. So that means their energy looks very differently from the generator or manifesting generator. So if you think about how Gs and MGs together make up 70% of the population, projector with this different energy, they are a minority. Not saying they can't accomplish things or make things happen, it's just they are better at guiding and being insightful. They are really good at picking up patterns and making systems and processes more efficient. So that being said, they are meant to be guides and leaders instead of doing all the doing. And yeah, I said this before, you can still be a doer and ambitious. Being a projector doesn't mean you're any less ambitious or you can't accomplish as much. It's just if you were designed to be a leader and a guide, why would you want to try keeping up with the output of the generators and MGs? And I always give my clients this example. Imagine if we're in an animal kingdom, the generators and MGs would be the lions and the elephants. You know, the bigger animals, they can do a lot more in an hour than the projector who might be the bird. The bird is supposed to be above everybody so they can see what everyone else is doing and tweak the process to make it more efficient, which is really fucking incredible. The strategy for projectors is to quote unquote, wait for the invitation, and that trips a lot of people up. The reason for waiting to be invited in is that as a projector, you are very insightful, like I just said, and not everyone is ready for your insights or whatever you have to say because they're maybe just not ready to hear it. When you are quote-unquote waiting, this doesn't mean you just sit around and wait. You're not waiting around. It's not being passive. The key to having success as a projector is to know what you're really good at. What is it that you nerd out on that you can't stop talking about and recognize you do have a gift. You are insightful. You have really valuable shit to bring to the table, you have to recognize that in yourself first in order for other people to do so. So if you are starting your own business as a consultant, you can share your gifts in a way that doesn't require an invitation. You only need invitations when it involves collaborating, working, with other people. So you don't need an invitation to 
move to a different city, to start your own company, to start a YouTube channel or a podcast. You don't need an invitation for any of that. So you can just go ahead and do it. Then people will notice, oh, I love what you have to say. I would love to work with you or collaborate with you. So that's a literal invitation, but invitations can be energetic. If you feel seen and recognized by this person or group, you can share what you would like to share. When the invitation is not present, it can feel bitter to you because it's like, wow, I can't believe that they don't appreciate my input. Not everyone is ready for you. Not everyone deserves your time and energy. So know that your energy is quote unquote inconsistent. It doesn't mean you can't rely on it. It's just you don't have the same level of energy as the generators and MGs. So you do want to selectively choose where you give it. I always tell my projectors, do you recognize your own gift? Because if you don't, then no one else can. So that's key. And when you are in alignment, you will feel successful and recognized. Okay, let's move on to manifestors. Manifestors are really interesting. They are about 9-ish percent of the population and they are the only people in the world who are designed to initiate things. In old days, like ancient days, manifestors are the kings and queens, you know, like the people who start wars. And today, they're not like that at all. They kind of just want to have their own freedom and autonomy, do their own thing, be at peace. They are energetically impactful. They are energetic leaders. They don't have to necessarily be the president or the boss, but it's like people naturally follow their lead. How this looks like is the manifestors naturally get urges to start certain projects, start certain movements. They're the person who initiates, right? And when they have the urge, they almost feel like they need to go make it happen. And if they are not able to do so, it can feel very aggravating. Manifestors are really amazing at getting things started, creating momentum, like get the ball rolling, but they're not meant to do everything alone. Obviously, not everyone is going to be on board with what they want to do, but the trick and the key is to trust that the right people will come. And it's not for the manifestor to people please, this can be a common shadow is kind of like you are the driver of the train and you're going to Madrid and it's not your job to convince people to come with you. You are just letting people know, informing people that this is where you're going and whoever wants to come, you're welcome to come. 
once they get the ball rolling, everything is in momentum, the manifester can sort of take a step back and let the other types keep the project or movement going. And manifestors, again, they are energetically impactful. So their strategy is to inform other people, inform the people you work with, the people you live with. Because you impact people in such a big way, they can feel insecure when you are not keeping them in the loop, if that makes sense. So if, let's say you're married to a generator and you're a manifester, you might really be in the zone working in your office at like 1am. If you don't say anything, your generator partner is going to think you're being shady. And if you just let her know, hey babe, I am in the middle of this project and I am killing it, I'm gonna be working late tonight, then she will just let you be. She wouldn't be texting and calling to see what you're up to and you wouldn't be aggravated or feel like people are trying to control you. Feeling like you don't have the autonomy that you want is really annoying to the manifester. Manifestors, when their urges come, they also move very fast. So it's like they almost forget to inform other people. I swear this happens to so many of my clients and I promise you it will bring you so much peace of mind when you take a second to send out group text to people just to let them know what you're up to. Last but not least, we have reflectors. Reflectors are less than 1% of the population, so they're truly unicorns of the world. If you pull the chart of a reflector, it is white all over. That means they are basically sponges of their environment. And this is really wonderful because it allows the reflector to be our collective mirror. They help us reevaluate how we're doing as a collective. If you are fortunate enough to ever know a reflector, hang out with one, you will almost, it's not like they are saying anything on purpose, but their presence just helps you see yourself deeply. They help you see your shadows as well as your higher potentials. Reflectors really need to take their time with their big decisions. Their strategy is to quote unquote wait for the lunar cycle. That doesn't mean they need to wait exactly 28 days. It's just buying themselves time, taking time to really feel into their decisions. And this sounds esoteric and you would think this is crazy unless you're a reflector. But over the lunar cycle, um, the reflector can sometimes feel like a generator and then a manifester and then a projector. It's like they transition their personalities or like identities with the moon, if that makes sense. So if you decided you're moving to North Carolina, you might want to take 28 days to see how you feel about this decision 
given all the identities you're going to experience. And again, you don't have to wait 28 days to decide what you want to wear today, just for the big decisions. And if you live with a reflector or are partnered with one, really give them time and be patient with them. Honor their process as much as possible. As I mentioned before, reflectors take in their environments very heavily. So if you're a reflector, definitely make sure you make your environment as comfortable, as expansive as possible. It is so key that you hang out with the people that make you feel good, you like the neighborhood you live in, that your job feels good. It is your birthright to be high maintenance. That whole saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with is true times 100 for the reflector. And you are going to thrive if your environment is in alignment. As a reflector, we talked about identities already. It is so healthy for you to see yourself as a chameleon and that is really special. No one else gets to do that but you. When you embrace that side of you, you will find life to be a series of pleasant surprises. It's like life is exciting and delightful. And that being said, it is so draining to you if you attach a label to yourself, put yourself in a box. Like, oh, I am Sandy, I am a lawyer, I work for XYZ firm. Like, trying to label yourself is a common shadow for the reflector. And maybe everyone else around you are like, oh, you're so successful, I want to be just like you. But you are going to feel the not-self theme of the reflector, which is disappointment. This feels like, wow, this is all the world has to offer? I'm feeling uninspired and bored. Okay, this episode has covered each of the five archetypes in human design as well as their strategy, their signature, which is a sign that they're in alignment, as well as the not-self theme, which is, hey, there's something you need to reevaluate. Here's a wake-up call. Hopefully, this has made you feel really empowered about your type. Again, the type is just the very first piece in human design, and we will have more episodes talking about inner authority, the profiles, the arrows, defined versus undefined centers, all the things a lot of good stuff to come and if you have any questions about what i share today send me a dm at sandy yang wellness on instagram i will be happy to connect and get your questions answered if you haven't already subscribe leave a rating and review that will really support the podcast and i will talk to you next week bye